0: oh no, he's not even there anymore, so, um, you know, strange things happen every once in a while, you know? Well, i,
1: I I'll tell you, it was fun, um, when I was in visiting Hawaii in 1985 and 86, um, it was during the college bowl seasons, and so, I would have my trans- transistor radio listen to the game, and the family was watching the same game, on T.V. Yep. I would be at least 30 seconds ahead. I know. So you never know.
0: There's a T.V. Yeah, it's it's okay. T- I know there's a touchdown and I start screaming and they're wondering why I'm screaming. Yeah. I, was, <laughs>
2: even
0: I was psychic, you know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't know, I can predict it's going to have a touchdown. Oh, you could
1: have sold this talent. Well, they, last year, the Angels, well, two years ago, the Angels played Boston in the playoffs. And, somehow we, we get, we were watching the game on the TV on the satellite, and I had my transistor into the local station. Well, you know, everybody's quiet in the living room, and I'm doing my thing in the bedroom. They knew something happened every time I'm sharing in the bathroom. Well, well, there's one, we'll see what happened ten seconds later, you know. You never know.
0: <laughs> it's just like the, the internet on an on a iPhone, or even on an on internet radio. The, the internet is behind the actual conversation, you know. It's kind of weird, um, now and, and And if you don't get it, then you, you start thinking, now something's wrong, you know, because after I hang up from you, I can run to my radio and I can still hear myself talk a little bit, you know. So, um, yeah, it's kind of different. Well, I thought I thought we could trade off some stuff, Patricia, and I think we're in, in good shape.
3: But, you know, there's something wrong here, Ron. I make you earn yours. You have to answer a question before you can get a show out of me, but you just send shows to me without making me earn them. It's called
1: unconditional love.
0: I know. Yeah, you are one heck of a special. Gal. Woman. Yeah. Oh,
1: yes. uh, thank you. Yes. Especially when you're,
0: you can be as vibrant as you are when you're 78 years old. <laughs> It's beyond my comprehension.
3: It's my 78 celebration coming up. You're right.
0: Uh, and, and and if anybody can be as vibrant and as peppy as you and sound so young at 78, I mean, you deserve a lot, you know. And, you know, I, what really is really, um, some people who hear this conversation must think, I wonder if she's really 78. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, we just won't tell them. No, we won't. He's not let on.
0: And even my friend Milton said. He talked to me the next day. He said, you know, that gal couldn't be seventy. She sounds so young. Tell me Ronnie, is she really seventy? I said, I don't know. I said I've no idea.
3: That's the perfect answer.
0: So he's guessing and
3: Can you let that the, poor man think I was seventy
0: eight? <laughs> what? <laughs>
3: You let that poor man think I'm 78 when I'm only 77. Think
0: that? Yeah, I'm gonna let him think that. And I'm not ever gonna tell him. And one day if he meets you in person, he'll say, "My gosh, you do sound young for seventy <laughs> By the time we meet each other, we might be 80 or I don't know. You know. Uh, How, but before I let you guys go, how's the weather in? in Orange County Beautiful.
1: It is such we are in summer, we're in the seventies. Nice and warm in the evening. It is beautiful time of the year. What about you, Patricia?
3: Right now it is seventy three degrees. Now, right now. Right now. Wow. Seventy three and we are moving into our summer weather because during the day today it was it hit ninety.
1: You know,
0: what, how's, the hum- how's the humidity, Patricia?
3: I don't know. Humidity does not make a fuss at me. So, I don't know. I could find out. Want me to find out?
1: Oh. How was it, how was it in Hawaii today?
0: Hawaii, it was quite humid today. I mean, you know, I, I don't remember, I remember what the humidity level was, but it was kind of muggy today. And it, the trade winds will come back on Wednesday. That's what the weatherman says. And it's going to back on Wednesday. So when the trade winds come, it's very comfortable. You know, when it's humid, you get a little sleepy because it's a little murky. You know. And you hope you can find air conditioning and all that. Kind
1: so, do you ever fall asleep at the at the piano? No, I'm. Going to you say, never do. Not
0: yet. Not yet. <laughs> I try to keep myself peppy and awake so I don't. I got to take the kind of pills that Patricia must take because she's I mean, how can anybody anybody be so vibrant at almost 5 o'clock in the morning, you know?
3: Oh, See, you always make me feel special. I wouldn't dare lie down on the job now.
0: <laughs> well, what do what are you, are you do um, you take any kind of vitamins or something? <laughs> no.
3: No, actually I take a multivitamin every day, just, you know, Plain old, ordinary stuff.
0: How much heat do you require, Patricia?
3: Between six and eight hours.
0: That means you're going to get there on two in the afternoon?
3: Well, no, I'll be up before then.
0: Well, Sometimes, sometimes,
1: sometimes four hours.
0: Okay, before I... What's on the agenda for tomorrow, Walden?
1: Uh, well, we, see. we have an interview with Dick Bo and Ed Corcoran. Um I think it's Ruby Killer. At the beginning, then after Doctor Mike, we'll pull out my computer Fix. So we, we're gonna feature both a Ray Bream interview. I think we're gonna play the uh, classic one with um, the famous guitar player, Paul. Les Paul. Yes, Les Paul. And then we'll play a John Dunning. Um, and we'll feature one of the John Dunning interviews, which we or thank you, Lloyd Gaffman, We're getting a ton of those. So, and then we'll put, put some Jack Benny shows somewhere in there. Uh, so that should be the show.
0: On, on this Dropbox thing, Yeah. And you download the Dropbox onto MP3 CDs or do you know it's possible?
1: Basically, yes. The answer is yes. What you do, you, you put the Dropbox in, and then all you put in the uh, audio file. So it could be MP3s or anything, so you take it out and you can put it on a CD.
0: Just that the person on the other end has to put it into your to your Dropbox. Right. Now you have a special number for your Dropbox. Mm,
1: you no, know, all you need to do is just put your name on it. Like for example, when you and I set up, we'll just, we can just name it Ron and Walden. Then you could have one with Ron and Milton, and you can have as many people who join and help you want.
0: So I could have one with Patricia, then.
1: Yeah. If poor Patricia could have a figured it out. You know, poor thing, she struggles with little things like that. I'm I'm so delicate. I know. You know, you know what is
0: really, um, scary, um, and and this is serious, you know, first, Walden and Patricia, we used to trade for radio shows on seven-inch reels. Yep. And, and, um, maybe Patricia, you're too young to know this, but we used to trade radio shows and you did, like, um, uh, let's see, 12,
1: 12 shows you might get. Twelve
0: on an eight-foot yeah. reel, half-hour shows. Yeah. Wow. Well, then it became cassette. Right. And then radio shows came on CD. Right. But you know what's happening now, Patricia? And it's really kind of scary that people now are downloading the shows on iPods. You know. Mm-hmm. Putting it on their iPods or these small MP3 cards. Now, seriously, I hope in my time that the CDs won't um, come to like old-fashioned. You know what I mean? They are. <laughs> okay. They are. Because um, really, it's 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 unfortunate that it would come that way because. I have so much mp3 CDs in my, in my library thanks to Patricia and uh, you know some other people <laughs> um, that it would be a shame if it, if it became obsolete, you know?
1: Basically people are now using the drives, like right? external hard drives or thumb drives or different things, that's where it's yeah. going. Or, or DVDs, that's yeah. where they're going. Basically it comes storage. Mm-hmm. You know, I
3: think it's going to be a very long time before CDs are no longer accepted. I, mean, I, I think so. I don't. Um, the eight-track tapes—they're going to be around for a long time. There will oh, well, be better and bigger systems available, but the CDs
0: are not going to go. There's a problem. You know, you try and buy a cassette recorder now—it's pretty much impossible. Yes. Huh?
1: And, and, and getting, it, getting it that way for finding regular CD players. Everything now is a mobile system setup. Well, so, my, computer, my laptop
0: plays MP3. Right,
1: your laptop. You can, your laptop you, is able to handle different formats. You know, just to find a standalone CD player is almost impossible.
0: Yeah, but, but for see, for visual um, impaired people, running a, a um, mechanism to to navigate a DVD is a little problem because sometimes you you know it goes up screen down screen or sideways or you know um, to get the programs that you want and um, the dvd still doesn't talk so you know that that seems to be a problem well that's
1: why i think eventually the external hard drive would be something for you to look at yeah so
0: yeah because You know when you watch a movie and they have what you call extra added features after the movie? Uh Well, that becomes very difficult to navigate, you know. We have the interviews and how the movie became the movie and all these different parts. And I know you can put more radio shows on an MP3, uh, but for us, I still say that you know, it's still difficult for me to navigate. So I appreciate Patricia when she transferred on to MP3C.
1: She is something else.
0: Yeah. You are something else, Patricia. Yeah, she is. When we figure out exactly what... We're trying to figure out what kind of else you are, but... I know,
3: I know, but she's kind of nice to have around for a while.
0: Patricia, you are. Anyway, so I will put together Academy Awards and and gangbusters in the lineup. And I'll put it in the mail, and you'll get it sometime before the pony express, you know. (laughs) How cool is
3: that? Ron? What? It's 100% humidity. You're
1: kidding. No. All right, Ron, you have to answer our our trivia question for tonight.
0: That's right. Well, ask me something simple. Well, what we're looking for For
3: starters, is the top five desserts? Top five
0: desserts. The top five.
3: five
0: Yellow is supposed to be the number one, right? Say what? Yellow?
3: Well, I'm I'm, I'm taking down everybody's list.
0: Oh, oh. You know, actually, my favorite dessert, I would say, is I like a chocolate cream pie. I like lemon meringue pie, I love a good chocolate pudding or butterscotch pudding, and I guess my last dessert would be a good, wholesome batch of peanut butter cookies. How does it grab you?
3: Well, that grabs me fine. I like the cookie part. I'm a cookie monster. I love oh, and if we're talking about overall popularity, if we go out and find a list of the, of the five most popular desserts in the country,
0: what would they be?
1: Yeah, not will your favorites. Which one do you think America is? Well,
0: Something, you know, I don't know. I have no idea. Some, I thought they told me Jello was very popular, but I could be wrong.
3: Okay, that's one. Um, give me four more.
0: Vanilla ice cream. You, see, you know, somebody told me that out of all the ice cream, vanilla is the most popular because vanilla can go with almost anything. Like a pile of mold, you use a vanilla ice cream. So I guess vanilla ice cream will be one of the... Okay. And then I think a good chocolate of some sort is one of the top five. Okay. And then, I don't know, brownies, maybe, would be one cookie that people love. And then, banana cream pie. <laughs> But I don't know why. Well, do you have a knowledge of what the top five Yes, I do. Go ahead, tell it to me.
3: Well, let's see. We're, we're up to, it, it's almost 5 o'clock, so I guess I can do this. Sure. Okay. You are the only person who mentioned Jell O. And Jell O is on the list.
0: Okay. Amazing? Yep. I was listening to Henry Aldrich.
3: Well when we're, we're not finished yet, you mentioned ice cream and ice cream is on the list. Yeah. And you mentioned chocolate cake. And chocolate cake is on the list.
0: Uh-uh. Three. But that's it. Well the other two. From
3: that from then on you failed. <laughs> so you've got three. Harwood got three. And
0: Jim got Taylor two. got three. What's the other two?
3: The other two are apple
0: pie. And cheesecake. Oh, I would have never thought of cheesecake. Mm -hmm. Apple would either.
1: So you want want to run down the top, number one to five, Patricia? Yep,
3: one through five. Number one is ice cream. Number two, chocolate cake. Number three, apple pie. Number four, jello. And number five, cheesecake. And I never would have ever guessed cheesecake. I would have put brownies or cookies in there.
0: I would never have ever guessed cheesecake. I can understand apple pie to a certain extent, but not cheesecake. Not cheesecake, but that's that is
3: that's what it said. And because they said ice cream and chocolate cake and apple pie, I thought I would believe them.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I will let you guys go because it's almost 11 o'clock my time. In the end, we're still Saturday, and I know it's for you guys, it's already Sunday, and it's always nice talking to you, and I will email you, Patricia, to let you know exactly when I put these things in the mail. Are so good to me. Is there something else I can put in your envelope? Oh, you're fine. Judy Canova and...
3: And Theater Guild
0: and Green Acres, and mm-hmm. then you, you're going to give um, my friend, uh, I Love a Mystery, right, or something?
3: Yes, yes. Did, did you get them yet? Or didn't I mail them yet? I
0: don't know. Did you mail them?
3: If you didn't, I don't know. If you didn't get them, maybe I didn't, I didn't mail get them yet, because I still have some envelopes that need stamps.
0: Okay. Well, all right. We'll talk to you guys later. Okay. And uh, if you did put me in, just email to me and let me know if I can, if I can look out for the. Okay. Okay. Aloha from Hawaii, where the humidity is pretty yucky. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Aloha. Wall oh, and
0: Wallen, you're great. Sorry, you Patricia. Aloha. Pardon? You're great. You two are one a wonderful team.
3: You are so good to me, Ron.
0: But one day I'll play for your wedding. And
3: then... ah. Ah.
0: Aloha, Walden. Aloha, Patricia.
3: Aloha, Rod. Aloha.
1: Oh. What, a, what a good guy.
3: What a good guy. 100% humidity tonight.
1: And it's not raining.
3: And it's not No. <laughs> it's not raining in the living room. <laughs> no, it is not. It's just that the temperature dropped low enough. It's only 73, and it was up to 90 today, so... It's sopped up a lot of moisture today and tonight because of the lower temperature.
1: The humidity is up. Temperature so, goes down, humidity goes up. So what's gonna be the temperature high today? Uh, it says 88. You got a cool. You got a cool a uh, cool, uh, cooling trend coming. Yeah, right. And tomorrow
3: will be 89. Um, and when I say tomorrow, Monday, Monday will be 89, and Tuesday it will be 90 again. <laughs>
1: What the hottest ever got?
3: Uh, It was over 100 one day,
1: Mm -hmm. I recall, quite a few years ago. Hello there, you're on the air.
4: Well, hello there.
1: How you doing, Nolan? Hi there, how are you?
4: Doing great. What is uh, Roy Rogers Two Horses' name?
3: Trigger and Trigger Jr.
4: Very good. (laughs) Now I'm going to make you a real champion. Uh, Well, I think...
1: I mean, that's the truth. Walden is laughing, but it's the, the truth. truth. Well, th- you know what my favorite trigger story is that oh. told that Dusty Roger told Bill Bragg and I? Um, Roy didn't tell the kid that Trigger passed away. It took, it took him over a year before he told the kid that, that Trigger passed away. Uh-huh. I think that's pretty amazing. He wouldn't tell his own kid that Trigger passed away until about a year later.
3: Well, I don't know. They, could, they couldn't figure out the Trigger was gone?
1: Yep. I guess they saw him stuffed in the, in the, in the stable. I guess he was figuring he was still alive, I guess. I don't know. How old was Dusty when Trigger passed? I think, I think Trigger passed away in the, in the 60s. No,
4: so, uh, 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 so, you may be right. You usually are.
1: <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and Dusty was born, I think, in 40... 44, because the sad thing, you know, um, his mom passed away in childbirth when to was born. uh uh-huh. And so I think, and because Dusty was telling me he had, he was listening to the radio show when they, the, the, the night they decided that Roy decided to skip the broadcast. Mm. And so, I know, he and Dale were married in 47, so I'm figuring Patricia, 44, be about when he was born.
3: So he would have been... Close to 20. Yeah. At least in his mm-hmm. in his middle teens. Right. And he didn't know the trigger was gone for
1: a year.
4: That's right. D- well, the, the family had so many tragedies.
1: That's true. It
4: may handle things differently. I, I, I might be affected by that.
1: And maybe by then, you know, they, they, I I don't know when did they moved to Apple Valley, but I'm assuming by then. And so I've been. That would have been a big rant, so maybe the kid never saw Trigger around.
4: Before I forget, I was going to say you can tell Trigger Jr. when he's used in the movies. Uh uh-huh. huh. He, he has stocking feet, uh, white stockings on his front feet, or, or, or front hoofs. Or it appears yeah. to be stockings, you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Uh huh. Colored white on both, both front legs. Right. And Trigger Sr. is only about halfway.
1: Ah, okay. That, they got me. I was surprised how expensive it cost Roy to buy Trigger 1939. Oh,
4: uh, yeah. Twenty-five
3: hundred?
1: Twenty-five hundred bucks. Yeah. I had no idea horses were going for that kind of amount of money in the thirties.
3: I'm two for two now.
1: You're, you're good.
3: Trigger Junior and twenty-five hundred dollars. Stop asking questions. I'm ahead.
1: Then you know how much it cost him to stuff it.
3: Oh, yes, but don't... I think it's... Oh. Oh. We can tell how much he went for auction.
1: Yeah, we can tell that. We can tell you how much the IRS said how much he really was worth.
3: How much did the IRS say he was worth? Uh,
1: A quarter of a million dollars. Stuffed? Stuffed. And I think it costs Roy $30, $36,000, $38,000 to stuff it. But, you know, they. Uh,
3: there is no way. There is no way. No way what? There is no way that a stuffed horse is worth $250,000.
1: That's why the family fought it for years. And considering they had it in the family trust.
3: What do you think? Nolan?
4: Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm here. I was um, thinking, you you and I discussed this once before about when a celebrity owns something, it, it increases in value regardless of what it is. Uh-huh. Um, possibly future use of displaying it or making a road show or something. You never know what somebody has in mind when they plan to spend that, that kind of money. They, surely they know what, what they're doing. They either have more than they can spend or they uh, have plans for it in the future to break that kind of money.
3: A quarter of a million dollars for a a stuffed horse.
4: I don't think so. Well, he got- um,
3: That's obscene.
4: He got four or $5,000 for a poster. It's it's just paper printing on it.
3: (laughs) Well, you can roll up a poster. You cannot roll up a horse. I mean, where would you store? Who, who bought Trigger, by the way?
1: I don't remember. I remember the family had to sell it in the, in the auction last year, and I don't remember who, who bought it.
3: Uh, I'm on the wrong computer, so I yeah. don't have that information in front of me. Um, but the person who bought Trigger did not spend $250,000 to buy that horse.
1: No.
4: At one time, you had a list, did you?
3: Yes. Uh, I'll have to go change computers. You guys are oh, talking. It's okay. Just, Don't worry about me. <laughs>
4: while you're at it, I'll make that to your expression of the week to look huh? dressed to the nines.
3: Dressed to the nines. That's a great expression. What is it? What is the answer? I'm asking you. Oh, wait. That's your
4: homework for next week.
1: Dressed All right.
3: The it has something to do with
1: um... I think it's always a terminology we use for females when they dress up but I don't know why.
3: Radio, TV, fun.
1: Um, no, that's, so
3: those are 79s, 79s to you um, when somebody signs off. See, I can't talk and, and, and do other stuff at the same time. I have lost my multitasking abilities here. Um, Saturday doing, figure.
1: You're doing really well. Action. <laughs>
3: Oh, Roy Rogers, the Roy Rogers Museum. All right, well, I mean, just keep talking. Don't worry about
1: me. I'll be fine. (laughs) So how was your week, Nolan?
4: Very good. Can't can't complain. Good. Had had good weather, we could use some more rain. I'm sure Patricia can, too, over on her side.
3: Uh, We had some rain this week. Did you? We did. I mean, it was not a huge amount, but we did have some rain. It was so nice. Great. Yeah.
4: Then some this way.
3: <laughs> <laughs> You're not doing so well over there, huh?
4: Weather, your weather comes our way and gets to about Ocala and then turns left and goes right up the, to the northern part of the state. There's this some sort of trend there. You have this nice front moving in. It's going to bring rain, and then it just goes right on up. To, once it passes Ocala, which, uh, for those of you who are not familiar with it, Florida is... Um, midway in the state, in the northern part of the state, and that seems to be the point where we get this good weather coming, and then it turns left and goes away.
3: I'm sorry we stole it.
4: Yeah, I don't know what you're doing with it, but...
3: <laughs> well, it didn't fill up my little lake, that's for sure. Boy, that poor thing is getting down to puddle size. It's deep, but still, it's getting very narrow. Okay, trigger. Trigger. Sold for $266,500.
1: Huh. Mm. I guess the IRS knew what they are talking about.
3: I guess. But he was preserved in 1965, and there is no way. they're just ages could not have been valued at,
1: at a quarter of a million dollars in 1965, could he? No, but they were doing it on the death of Roy and Dale.
3: Oh, oh, okay. Okay. Well, that's what he sold for, so maybe they were on target it? Mm-hmm. How about that? And this is from the list that Nolan sent.
2: Mm.
3: Mm-mm. Triggers saddle and bridle. A pair of them? Mm. Sold for more than the horse. Mm. Saddle and the bridle together sold for three hundred and eighty six thousand five hundred dollars. The horse sold for two sixty six. Mm. So the, the saddle and bridle went for $120,000 more
4: than the horse did. You almost have to be a boomer or a little older than a boomer to really appreciate how, what that um, what Roy Rogers meant to children
1: mm-hmm.
4: and fans all, all across the country and the uh, teen as well.
1: I was just thinking, you know, I think I heard somewhere that Roy. Because Roy had so many financial commitments and everything, taking care of the families and things. In the early days, where he made his money was going on the road. You know, the the traveling stage shows, and then if you think about it, the merchandise must have helped keep the family going.
4: He got so much fan mail that he he had paid the secretary to uh, answer it, and then it got to the point that they could not handle it with his little office. So the story is that he loaded it into a dump truck and drove it over by Republic Pictures. I think the man's name was Yates. I can't remember his mm-hmm. first name, but he dumped the letters out on the lawn and said, you handle them. You know, this is just out of hand. He, he couldn't actually keep up with the fan mail. he had have to take a full office to, to do it. Wow.
3: Yeah, <laughs> popularity has its... Challenges, doesn't it? It really. Gee, willikers. Okay, well, I'm emailing this to myself so I can pick it up on the other computer. This is very bad.
4: I my... got off desserts. I guess I'm always late for the topic.
3: Well, what? Oh, desserts, yeah.
4: And I was going to try to look up some of my childhood favorites, and I Googled Susie Q and found out that's a misdemeanor in Florida.
3: Huh. It's a misdemeanor in Florida? <laughs> Well, that was a hostess. That was a hostess thingy. Oh,
4: uh, okay. Went right over head, Walden.
3: <laughs> Suzy Q is a misdemeanor in Florida.
4: If you Google Suzy Q.
3: I didn't. No, I. I,
4: <laughs> I um, did. And something terrible came back on the screen. Warning! Warning!
3: Oh! Oh! Uh
4: huh.
3: <laughs> ah. Okay, I got it now. Walden, did you get that? I think I did. Suzy
4: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah,
4: yeah. Moving on, what'd you find out? About what? You were, uh, the nines, were that coming back on your other computer or something?
3: Oh no, I was looking, I had to... <laughs> 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 this only happens when you call, though.
4: <laughs> it's gonna be, is that for next week?
3: This only happens, alright, dress to the nines, hold on. I'm pushing my poor little computer here.
2: Oh.
1: Meaning? Mm-hmm. Okay, let's see. I wonder who was the, most, the fourth most popular cowboy star of the B-Western, behind Roy Rogers, Gene Autry, and Hopalong Cassidy. Any ideas? no one who thought the top five was, terms of popularity?
4: I would have to say that uh, Charles Starrett, mm-hmm. the Durango Kid, was probably in there in the top five, mm-hmm. and uh, Hoppy, of course.
1: Right. I think a hoppy had to be thir- three.
4: Yeah, you're probably right.
1: Yeah.
4: Um, hmm. There were others. Lash LaRue was awfully popular uh, in the South. Uh-huh. I'm not sure how he did nationally. Mm-hmm. But he made very few movies, like uh, maybe a dozen, mm. compared to Roy, almost 100, and Gene, 100 plus movies. But a small amount of movies, but he really, really appealed to them. And the young girls just really idolized him. He was a handsome guy, dressed in black.
1: Well, was Roy, Roy and Gene the only ones that sang? Were the other cowboy stars that did Western were singers?
4: Yeah, yeah, the, Rex Allen is one. Yeah,
1: that Rex, yeah.
4: Rex Jr. Uh, yeah. Some know him, uh, know him as Rex Sr. Rex junior
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, yeah, there, there were a lot. John Wayne sang in his first movie. <laughs> did you know that? No. It was awful.
3: <laughs> Maybe that's why nobody knows he sang in his first movie.
4: When well, he wishes that nobody knew, but I think he was lip-syncing somebody else. He mm-hmm. was he'd probably been better off doing his own singing because the person doing it wasn't all that great.
3: That's how Tommy got to be a really great cowboy because they didn't dilute his talents. Hmm. Send it in different areas. I, I'm going to have to spend a little more time with this Dress to the Nines, but one of the more logical suggestions is that perfection is a ten, and because people don't normally associate perfection with humanity, dressed to the nines is as close to perfection as they could get. Mm. That's interesting. um, uh, You know, in in clothes, Mm -hmm. Uh, to to the best degree possible. I don't
1: know. Well, I'm just wondering... You, you ask
3: know, me stuff that doesn't have a clear identification.
1: But. You know, we had these, you know, for years, we had this with the top ten most best-dressed women or the best-dressed men.
3: Right.
1: I wonder when that list started and maybe referring to that somehow. No.
3: No. That, w- that wasn't associated. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay.
2: I've got I one more. It had
3: something to do with um, the 1920s. You know, like in the Flapper era?
4: hmm Is that when the Flappers were? In the 20s? Um... Or
3: before? 30s, I think.
4: Say that? 30s, I believe.
3: Flappers were in the 30s?
4: Yeah. When was Prohibition?
1: Uh, from 21 to 33.
4: So I, I think it was that, that period, maybe the yeah. late 20s and early... Because I associate the, mm-hmm. the, those dresses with that uh, time in history. I do, I don't know. If, I'm right
1: or not, but... Well, 1919 to 33,
3: yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, let me see. Flappers.
2: Flappers.
3: Flappers in the 1920s. Mm-hmm. Flappers in the 1920s. A new woman was born. It was the 1920s. Hmm. Oh, boy, am I good or what? That's three for three. No, so
1: you're, you're hot tonight. Any
3: questions?
1: You're hot tonight.
3: I <laughs> <laughs> For a seventy-eight-year-old, I'm pretty good. Huh?
4: Yeah, wow, oh, yeah. I'm not good at that. I go from the thirties to the twist. <laughs> <laughs> what, what came in between? I don't remember. Well,
1: what, what did they? Uh, I get the shark then with the twenties. Yeah.
4: Yes, you're right.
1: Um, I don't know. What did they call the forties? I don't
3: know. Well, we've got the Roaring Twenties.
1: Right. But I was thinking of the dance routines. Oh. Jiggerbugs, I guess. Jiggerbugs? Forties. Forties, I guess. Jiggerbug was, was the forties and fifties, and the... So Detroit's definitely the fifties. Yeah, uh,
4: 1960, I think is... When you'll find that was in the... Okay. Yeah. I
1: think... The the, I, I think Jiggerbugs were the forties.
4: Yeah, I think you're right.
1: Yeah.
4: And then they had the horse, and the swim, and the jerk, and the... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> This went everywhere after that.
3: (coughs) It it says here the flappers did not truly emerge until 1926, and I thought dress to the nines went in that era somehow. But now I have to do all of my homework. You see?
4: Well, while you're doing that, I've got something for you to listen to. Oh,
3: wow! Rather listen than do homework right now.
1: All right, what do you got going?
4: well, on the, uh, we're talking about desserts. Yes.
2: Yeah.
4: And somewhere in my memory, I remember that there was a very unusual General Mills commercial in one of the Lone Ranger episodes.
2: Okay.
4: And uh, I want to see what you think about it. But in, we haven't done this in a while, so Walter, I'm going to play a bit of it and then come back and see if it's loud enough.
1: Okay. okay. sound good. <laughs>
4: How are we doing? Good. Play it. We're good. Out of dust
5: and a hearty high silver. The Lone Ranger. Before this exciting adventure, a word from our sponsor. General Mills, makers of Cheerios, the oat cereal that's ready to eat, Benny Crocker Mixes, and Wheaties, the breakfast of champions. Present by special recording... The Lone Ranger! When the weather's bad, do you and your friends ever hang around the house wondering what to do? Well, I'll bet it happens lots. Well, you know where you can have the most fun? In the kitchen! With a package of the new Betty Crocker Brownie Mix! <laughs> That's right! It's easy as can be to bake up a big batch of luscious chocolatey brownies with Betty Crocker Brownie Mix! Everything you need is right in the package! Just add one egg if you like the chewy, fudgy kind of brownies. And two eggs if you want them soft and tender like cake. Add nuts, too, if you like. Either way, Betty Crocker brownies are the, gee, I can't eat them fast enough kind. Even if you've never baked before, you'll turn out scrumptious, chocolatey, perfect brownies the very first time. And what fun you and your gang will have eating brownies that you bake yourselves. Have mom get Betty Crocker brownie mix next time she shops. Then invite your friends over for some fun. <laughs> and also have mom home when you bake them.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that was a for real commercial?
1: Yeah. Yes. Not a fed point.
3: Loved it that the uh, in the old-time radio programs that had products directed at kids, the announcer would say, have mom pick <clears throat> up. Yep or have mom buy, or be sure you tell mom to buy. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about anybody else, but if if, if I told my mother <laughs> what to buy in the store and did it in the vernacular that they were suggesting, I would have been a lot shorter than I am now. <laughs> I would have been knee-beaten. <laughs> Can you, would you have done that with your mom?
4: Well, uh, uh, the thing that worried me was talking about these kids going in the oven and turning on...
3: Yeah, I know. It, making it, their own brownies, yeah. yeah. So that means if they if they survived the encounter with their mothers, they would have killed themselves in the gas ovens.
1: <laughs> well, the, you know, one that always got me uh, in the 30s when Captain Midnight was going to syndicate, Skelly Oil was the sponsor. To have your mom and dad take you to Skelly Oil... I mean, what an odd, interesting sponsor edification for a kid's show to have an oil company sponsor it.
2: Mm.
3: But they did have a premium for kids. Uh-huh. But, again, as you pointed out, have your mom take you to the to your local Skelly oil... Dealer. ...station, yeah, yeah. or dealer.
4: While you're there, fill her up.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> that is right. I wonder how the... Station owners, the Skelly Oil Station owners, did respond to that. Did they? I mean, could kids just walk in with their parents and say, "Give me whatever it was that they were giving away that time"?
1: I think that I think it was to have basically, if I remember right, have your dad do an inspection. Who was the Skelly do, and we'll give you a, a map or we'll or fill out your membership card. So they did have to fill up. Uh huh. <clears throat> got or, it. Or something like that. Well, I mean, one premium always got me uh, that Scali Oil had uh, was the jumping jumping Mexican beans, hot beans. Oh, the Mexican jumping beans. Yes. Yes, yes, I remember hearing that one. Yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting premium. Yeah, it is. Were they
4: shipped
1: through the mail live? I think you should Why? pick them up at your dealership.
4: Oh, yeah. That's it. We're gonna get back on shipping baby chickens. <laughs> <laughs>
2: have,
1: have you ever seen Mexican jumping beans?
4: Uh, yes, and uh, I understand there's an insect inside eating the inside, eating the out.
1: Yeah, I think it's a worm inside of the bean.
3: Isn't yeah. that interesting? Now, the ones the ones that I have seen were actually toys. They were they were plastic. Mm-hmm.
1: Um,
3: You know, the size of a bean and the shape of a bean, but it had a BB in it. So when you moved it, it would hop all over the place because the BB would, you know, roll Uh around.
4: That's an artificial.
3: Uh Uh-huh.
4: That's an artificial jumping bean.
3: I didn't know that there was such a thing as a real jumping bean.
4: Yeah.
3: A, a, A bean, I didn't know that. I'm learning so much from you guys tonight.
4: And most of it's true.
3: <laughs> most of it. But the problem is with you. Now with Walden, he's 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 considerate of my duncehood With you, I don't know how much of it is true. <laughs> and if and if it if there is some part of it that's true, I don't know which part it is.
4: Well, I would not steer you wrong. Yes, you would. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you well,
4: know, you would.
1: See, you always got me about the romantic part the one I remember mostly are the Cherry O's, and O's seem to be the sponsors on a lot of the Lone Ranger products, yeah. and that, to me, to be proper placement for advertising because of the, uh, but, you know, they say that the Lone Ranger was not always geared for the kids. It had a respectable range with adults, too, and to think at the time of the evening when it was broadcast, around that 7 to 8 o'clock hour, that's... The family could have heard a shell.
4: It is, it is. I, but I think they were taking too much for granted, or maybe I'm picturing it different from, differently from the, um, the, the 30s, 40s, and 50s than now. But I, there are a lot of times you, we have the latchkey kids. Yes. Maybe you didn't have then. But they're with their friends, and Fred is saying, "Get the package and read it, and then turn the oven on, and <laughs> you look at
3: it. And bake your own brownies. Well, oh. y-
2: over it.
1: you know, I guess some kids. I know Kim Bragg started cooking for the family when she was 13. Uh So I guess there were kids that started learning how to cook at a very young age, but still, be somewhat unusual.
4: Yeah. Yeah. That just struck me as being a little strange. Mm Mm-hmm. I I agree. Through the image that the ranger has, you know.
1: Yeah.
3: The whole thing was strange. (laughs) I mean, Silver wasn't there. He wasn't whinnying or anything. Mm -hmm. I mean, really, having the having the Lone Rangers sell brownies just didn't cut it. Well,
1: you know? <laughs> another couple of the things always got interesting. Why did the Lone Ranger offer as a premium the atomic bomb ring? Mm. That seems like a weird premium for the Lone Ranger to offer.
3: Although he was um, an all-American type guy. Yeah. So it probably was in the patriotic vein that they were offering that. What
4: do you think? Anything atomic was a real buzzword in those days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but that is that is uh, something I never thought of. Mm-hmm. The uh, connection is kind of strange.
1: I know I've told this a couple of times, but my my dad was involved in naming Dan Reed's horse contest, and the winner got uh, a live horse. And so my dad knew he were, he were gonna push his horse. Of course, he didn't he didn't win the contest. But I don't know if with that offered by local stations around the country, It's never really looked up how did they had the victor you know naming victor contest on a ranger show. Well, I guess
3: That means I have to go back out looking. Hold on,
4: folks.
3: <laughs> you guys just keep talking. I'll be doing my homework here.
4: Wasn't there a free pony with a uh, Mustang automobile or something? We just-
1: yeah, I think Patricia found that one out yeah, for us.
3: that, um, you and I were, were talking about that as well. Um,
1: you got a free pooper scooper too, I guess, right?
4: <laughs> you need a trainer. <laughs> I don't Oh, my goodness. Um, but I uh, I think that's along the same lines, except we're only talking about That would be a good trick for a local station, mm-hmm. especially the one that I listened to when I was on, uh, you know, that age. I later worked for that station. Did you really? What? The thing I did was play the Lone Ranger transcription.
1: You must have been excited when you first got chance to do that, huh?
4: Oh yeah. yeah. I, I had arrived because I knew the the secret it was on it was on two discs, and you had to change it over at a certain point with the. Uh, like you would a reel of a movie, a movie theater.
1: And so you didn't have two machines going? You, you you had to flip it yourself?
4: No, I had two turntables. Okay. Um, so you, it was on the one side. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe they did use both sides, but one would be for one week or one day, and like Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And then the other side would be for the next day, the other two sides.
1: So what do you guys do with the, with the transcription? Do you guys put it in the library, or did you have to ship it back to uh, the syndicator.
4: I had to ship it back because, believe me, I wanted to take one home. I bet. Although I would n- never have anything that big to play it on. hmm
1: Uh,
4: that's, some, you were talking earlier about 8-tracks and and uh, cassettes going out of yep. use. Well, the same thing with the 16-inch turntables that you're getting. We're getting hard to find mm-hmm. to, uh, transcribe these things, get them off of that format. That's, uh, that's gone the way of...
1: So when did your radio station start to go to tape? Did the tape come into the Stiffy for the local radio stations or not?
4: Yes, it it was um, there in the early to mid 50s, anyway. I think 49 was when they started with the networks, was it not?
1: Yeah, 47 with Crosby, and I don't know, Neck was probably 49, yeah.
4: Yeah. Yeah, They had this for a small town station, it really was well equipped. They had uh, a lot of times, and I found this in a couple of markets, they would go to the big. Market station. First of all, they would get their construction permit. The FCC says you can build the station. So they would visit the largest station in the state and see how they did it, and uh, come back and you know put some of those features in the small station. After all, it's all the same thing. It's very much alike except in size, power. The basic uh, radio station is the same in most cases.
1: How big was, how big was a local record station reference library? Would it be, like, generally one room? Or would you guys generally have to make deal with the local record store to ball the music to play?
4: Well, it'd be a little of both. Uh, it was my experience. They had uh, the record companies. You could get on a list, and they would send you... You'd be way down on the list if you were in a small market, but eventually you'd get most of the uh, the good stuff. The record store trade was another way, and, and in some cases just purchasing them if necessary. But it would be... Um, the little station, one room uh, was dedicated to it, not a large room, not anything like Europe,
1: mm-hmm.
4: DFN, which was a huge room.
1: Was it mostly, the
4: time when you did it, was it mostly all uh, 78s? No, with the time I have got there, the 78s were going out. Okay. Uh, and the uh, LPs were very popular. Mm-hmm. That was, you could get 30 minutes on a side where before you, you'd only get 15 on a, record uh, 16 inches and you're going down to 12 inches 10 inches I mean and, and you got uh, twice as much information on it
1: the local station mm-hmm. still kept using LPs into the 70s or pretty much by then they already gone with the with the cartridge by then
4: no the uh, 78s were phased out and the uh, 45s came in Right. That, that became the single record and then the uh, album the 10 inch disc was uh, would be the LP when they Got the, the what they call micro groove head that would pick up the the information off the smaller disc. Mm-hmm. But um, no, the cartridge, uh, you're talking about cartridge tape. Yeah.
1: yeah, I'm thinking, you know, cartridge tape, yeah. Would that be about the 70s or would that be a little sooner?
4: That would be, let um, I me mean, think that through, that would be mid 60s. Mm-hmm. Uh, the earliest I saw that, you know, the late fifties and early sixties for the cartridge tape. Right. And that just revolutionized everything for a while. But normally you wouldn't uh, put your record library on cartridge tape, you'd still play them on turntables.
1: So what would be on cartridge most Would your commercials? Right, right. Okay.
4: Occasionally a network feature maybe,
1: mm-hmm.
4: if you were delaying, it would be handy to put it on a cartridge tape. I don't have
3: any information. I'm a failure. Oh, you're not. Uh, There were a couple of places that said a name-the-horse contest for Victor during World War II, and that's why they thought the name Victor was chosen, because it was uh, during World War II time. Excuse me, but it doesn't say anything about the details of the contest. We'll find one. However, what I did unearth was a list of about 200, yeah, I would go with 200 horses' names.
4: Hmm. You mean cowboy horses or race horses or all horses?
3: Um, in films and radio and television. Oh, that's
1: good. Isn't that wonderful? That would be a challenge for people to read off the names of horses and have people try to figure where they belong.
3: Banner. Where did Banner belong? Who? Banner, B-A-N-N-E-R, like you're waving a banner.
4: The Red Rider. No.
3: No? No. Um, Am I supposed to say, gosh, that was a good guess?
4: That is, a, it's a cowboy horse, though, isn't it?
3: It's the name of a horse, yeah.
4: I mean a cowboy's horse.
3: Well, I don't know.
4: Not a Kentucky Derby.
3: Oh, no, no, no. It, it was from film or
4: TV or,
3: or TV.
4: Oh, okay. And you have the answer. Yes. Yeah,
3: but, yeah, I have what's written down, anyway.
4: Uh, gosh, that's familiar.
3: Banner is? No kidding. Yeah. I don't know any of these.
4: Was it Alan Lane, maybe?
3: No, it's supposedly from my friend Flicka. a frog
4: The movie, yeah.
3: Yeah, Flicker was a horse.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And that was horses in literature as well. All right, let's see what we got here.
1: Ronnie McDowell I mean, started out in the 40s, yeah.
3: Oh, and we have mythical horses. Horses in films. Uh, okay. Um, Big John. Big John? Big John, that's what it said. There's a horse, n- yeah. was a horse in a film named... There was a horse named Big John in a film. What was the name of the film? Where did it come from?
4: Immediately think of John Wayne. he was big john (laughs) yeah that's right of course wrote him
3: i don't know okay the kids up yet (laughs) (laughs) okay big john Baldwin, you want to give it a shot
1: i don't know um
3: sounds like a movie you would probably know doesn't have any dates on these things
1: big john I'm, well, I'm wondering if named any horses or something like that. I I don't know, Patricia. It
3: doesn't have any any points of reference. It just has the name of the horse and the movie was for richer or poorer.
2: Hmm.
3: Doesn't mean a thing. Yeah,
1: that's I think that's the 50s or so. Uh-huh, or, or, so, or so.
3: Okay, and of course we have buttermilk, we know that. Yeah. And champion. Yeah. Clover. Okay. Hmm.
1: I don't know who Clover belongs to.
4: Who is Bob Wills? Oh, he was a uh, singer,
1: musician. Bob Wills, the Texas Playboy, the famous country band, uh, western band.
4: Right, right. He was a cowboy? What uh, kind of well, cowboy it, b- no. um, he, he
1: was a western. He was a band leader in western music, entertainer. And he, he played a fiddle.
4: And kind of a name is Clover for a horse? That sounds like sissy to me. <laughs>
1: Well anyway, Clover belonged to Bob Wells. Huh.
4: Okay, Bob, I hope you're not listening.
1: I think I think Bill Bragg would be Bill Bill Bragg love Bob Wells. Maybe he would not you know that. He would not know about Clover? Well, I'd be willing to put money up. But I could well, lose.
3: I'd, I would have to
4: um Oh, here's High Old Clover. Bom Tears <laughs> <laughs>
3: Sissy. <laughs> this is good. I will verify about Clover. Let me write this down. Bob Wills and Clover. Oh, of course I know Bob Wills now because you mentioned Bill Bragg. Uh-huh. He talks about him all the time.
1: He ta- drives Kim Bragg nuts. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah? Because he talks about Bob Wills well, he, so much? he can't stand Bob Wills music, and Bill loves Bob Wills.
3: Oh, this is this is the time that we are sincerely hoping that Bill is sleeping for the night, right? <laughs>
1: Well, like, Bill will about it in the air. Kim referred to the Yaha Man.
3: Oh, that's right. Uh-huh. Oh, and, um, Mike Candy talks about that, too. Yeah. Okay, let's see. What we're
4: a little in-between with Bob Wills music. I think you either like it or not. Uh-huh.
3: Okay, we got, um, we've got television shows in here that i never even heard of. All right.
4: Let's hear something. We'll guess your age. Yeah. <laughs>
3: okay, so if I knew what these things were, then...
4: We'll know.
3: Yeah,
1: we'll know. Uh, okay. Be careful. What was Fury? A horse. Yeah, Fury. Fury. Um, oh, that's a famous horse. Come on, Fury. Um... <laughs> Get him up, Fury. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 straight L. Straight L in, in in radio. Steve, whatever his name was. But that, that from the radio series, radio series called Straight L. That's where Fury comes from.
3: That was the name of the horse in, in Straight L? Yeah. Oh, cool. This says it was also a 1950s television series. Fury was the name of the horse and the name of the show. Hmm. Okay. Does that sound...
4: Every- Possible? Yes, I remember that.
3: You do? Okay. Um... I can't even pronounce some of these things. Um... Leave it out. All right. All right. Now, this one is, is from Modern Day. Modern Day. All right. Princess.
4: Princess. Hey, old princess.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Get him up.
4: like the, the cut somehow. Yeah.
3: It's, um, in The Simpsons, the cartoon series, The Simpsons.
4: Oh, okay. Well, that's Modern Day. I, I don't...
3: This horse. Is, is Lisa the little one that... that Crawls?
1: I have no idea.
3: Is there an older...
4: I don't either.
1: <coughs> I understand The Simpsons been on for 20 years, and I've never seen an episode, so I don't know.
4: The Simpsons have been on? I like that kind of humor, but I just never have seen it.
1: Yeah, 20, no, they said, it's been, on, it's been on for 20 years now.
4: Is that right? Yeah.
3: Excuse me, I was just getting something to drink. Alright, quick draw McGraw.
4: TV. Right.
3: <laughs> I had a Barbera cartoon series.
4: Yep. Animated. Yeah. Yep. Barbera.
3: Qu- yeah. Barbera. Okay.
4: Milblank did it.
3: Toronado.
4: Uh, Oldsmobile. <laughs> oh,
3: Toronado. We had this one within the last couple of weeks.
1: Coronado. So if
3: you weren't paying attention, you can't pass the
1: test. Yeah, you did mention this name.
4: <laughs> okay. Can't remember that. That one's Zaro's horse. Zorro. Too, too contemporary. Zorro? Didn't you say it was just this week you it was being used, or you, you were talking? Oh
3: no! With, uh, within the last couple of weeks, it's something that I Making. talk about. Oh. If you were not listening, then.
4: I nodded off I bet. <laughs>
3: see? see what happens? You lost. You lost. You lost. Okay, let's see here. Food. Horseland uh, Wildfire. Do you know what the Saddle Club is or was? No. I don't either. It, it's supposed to be a, a TV something or other. And there were, there were four horses listed here. Bell, Starlight, Midnight, and Diablo from the Saddle Club. I have no idea what the Saddle Club
4: is. Was it Di- Diablo? Was that, uh... Help me, Walden, the, uh... Uh,
1: Sky Kings, uh...
4: No, the, um, uh, the Cisco Kid.
1: There you go. Yeah.
3: That yeah. was good. You yeah. squeezed that one out. Yeah. That was very good. Yeah. All right, then we've got animated horses, like quick drama grow, I guess. Um, horses in song.
4: In song? Yeah.
3: In song, yeah. Let's see. Well, we have a horse with no name.
4: <laughs> <laughs> very good. We can eliminate that one. It has no name. That's <laughs>
1: <laughs> the name of the horse was a horse with no name. <laughs> Who had the big hit on that thing,
4: yeah. I'm trying to remember.
3: Yeah, um, that was um, it wasn't oh. Gordon Lightfoot. Maybe it was.
4: Yeah, I think it was.
3: That was around his time, yeah. I think it was Gordon Lightfoot. Okay, and Trigger we know about.
4: Mm hmm.
3: I don't have any idea what these shows are. All right. Beetle
1: Bomb. Beetle bomb, that, that, Song, but. Beetle bomb. That's the famous horse in the Spike Jones record with Doodle Weaver. He's always, he's doing this famous race, race race, results, and Beetle Bomb is <laughs> running last, and he had this inside joke <laughs> until, right. until the end, Beetle Bomb wins the race. Well,
4: then you've you got to be 90 years old.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, my, you know, my era, especially from the 30s to the mid-50s, and. You know, if it's getting to the sickies, I'm dead. You know, I, I don't... I'm not as strong.
4: You've either tuned in or read about it.
1: Uh-huh.
3: All right. Now, here's here's a sporting question for you. Okay. Miles the Horse is the mascot of what team? This one's oh. right up Walden's Alley. It's what? This is up Walden's Alley. He's... Oh, yeah.
1: Big well... Big kid. I know Traveler is the mascot for USC. Um...
3: Miles.
1: Is that a horse? Yes. Wow. Yeah. We're down to twelve three or four. Um miles. I don't know. It would it be what did what did the army isn't isn't the isn't there a horse in the army mascot? I
3: think that's a donkey. Or a mule. A mule. Yeah. That does that, a mule doesn't count as a horse. No. Are you in this, Nolan?
1: Oh, okay. I don't, uh, uh, could it be, um, Southern Miss, SMU?
3: Nope. What is it? You're, you're gonna go, oh, gee. Okay,
1: what what, what am I gonna say, oh, gee, about?
3: It's Miles, the mascot of the Denver Broncos in the oh, Mile my. High uh, Stadium. Oh, man. Miles, the horse. Yeah, okay, they,
1: they always prefer the football team, Mile, Mile High Stadium.
3: That's right. Yeah. So, and, and I'm, bel- I'm trusting this... To be the truth, that they actually have a horse, which would make sense, Mm -hmm. wrong goes. They have a horse, and it's Miles.
4: Probably right.
3: That sounds reasonable.
4: Mm -hmm. Like a lot of things I tell you, and you believe me.
3: (laughs) Well, why should I believe you? (laughs) You've not ever given me reason to trust you a thousand percent, sir.
4: I trust you with all this valuable information, and then you doubt the source.
3: I know, I know. I'm such an ingrate. Or it, who, who would say an un- oh fibber would say an ungrate. Mm-hmm. I'm an. Un- <laughs> <laughs> I'm an ungrate. Oh Lord. Okay, well, Henry the horse.
4: Then you the horse.
3: Henry the horse is in music now, in song. Uh
1: well. The tr- John Henry the song, but Henry.
3: Henry the horse.
1: Oh, wait a minute. Well, there was a song, a pop song, a myth, diffie called Henry, you know, but I don't think it was referring to the horse.
4: There was one in the 70s called a horse, just the horse. It was instrumental. I can't remember who did it. But it wasn't Henry.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, Patricia. Beats me.
3: Maybe Ken Goff would have known this one because it is from the Beatles Being for the Benefit of Mr. Kite, which is an album or a song, it must be a song, I've never heard of. Are you a Beatles fan? Uh, t-
4: to some extent, yes, but I I don't remember that one. Beats me. Beats me. Beats me. Did the shortest interview in the world with Ringo.
3: <laughs> yeah.
4: So that's about all I know about the Beatles. Well,
3: that's right. You did have it here, right? <laughs> Who are you? <laughs>
4: yeah. Which Beatle are you?
1: Oh, he was a good show to tell you.
3: Oh, gee.
4: We, we, now we got to explain that because yeah, it makes me look like a complete idiot. <laughs> this was in Armed Forces Radio, and we didn't get record uh, album covers with the pictures on them. And the Beatles had just broken out into popularity, and I was assigned to go with, try to interview one of them and I had never seen pictures of them. And we didn't get trade magazines and things like that, that radio stations would. So it was really uh, not as a dumb a question as it sounds. We were just kind of sheltered from uh, show business. Are you there?
3: I'm here, and I'm... I'm
4: but you just sleep completely.
3: Being sympathetic, I really understand. It just sounds kind of funny in today's...
4: <laughs> well, it is, it's funny. It. My kids love it. They can't wait to tell people when they get on the subject. <laughs> well, my dad said, to Ringo Starr, which Beatle are you?
3: <laughs> and he said? I'm Ringo. And I think that was really super.
4: I do, too. I, he was very, very kind. But he uh, he called me over when he saw my microphone. I didn't think I was going to be able to get to him because of the big crowd around the, at the airport.
2: Uh-huh.
4: And he saw the AFN on my microphone and... Yelled over to me, AFN, how are you doing? I said, Great. Can I talk to you? And he, well, he motioned me up, and I climbed up the side of the the gangway that was uh, the steps to the airplane. I, I went up the side of it and got up and held my microphone over the rail, and we talked.
1: So, did you also have the what did, what, what was the recorder? What the recorder on your back? What did what what
4: was the recorder? It, it was on my side. It was, uh, it was the Niagara, which is the Cadillac of. Uh, was at the time, maybe still is. Mm-hmm. Movie companies even use it with tape, yeah. but it was uh, over my shoulder. Mm-hmm. It was about the size of a briefcase.
1: Was it heavy? Was it heavy?
4: Not really. Mm-hmm. Oh, not, not terribly heavy.
1: Did you ever forget to hit the record
4: button? And uh, I have in the past on other occasions, but not then. <laughs> I, I got it right that time.
3: <laughs> well, I found a whole new list of horsies. Okay. I, I don't know if there's anything on here. I'm going through the list, but it's a bigger list than the original one. So I think this is pretty good.
4: they got to be movie horses if I know them. I don't go beyond that. I don't know. Baldwin, when did Whirlaway win the Kentucky Derby?
1: <laughs> away won it in 1941.
4: Oh, see? I'm telling you, he's 90 years old. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Well, this don't care. is this the know, famous see. call with, with, uh, with Glenn McCarty. and hey, Whirlaway!
3: Here you go, Nolan. Now, these are horses in movies. All right. There, A-L-T-A-I-R. What movie was he in?
4: That's a name? Yeah. Not at my movie theater, it wasn't.
3: In her. I'm just reading the list. All right, how about Bo? This is the horse's name, Bo. Bo.
4: No, I I think if you got out of the cowboy era, uh, the B-Western, I'm pretty well lost. I just remember those from my childhood. Okay.
3: Bo is from True Grit with John Wayne. Oh. That's one you should have known?
4: Good movie. Uh, No, I don't think I would have. I saw the movie a couple of times, but I I stopped remembering horses' names when I got, uh, well, let's see, when I, uh, at 50, I think I stopped memorizing horses' names. I don't know. (laughs)
1: <laughs> that's when yep. you start to remember girl phone numbers instead, right?
4: Yeah, or past <laughs> girlfriend's phone numbers. <laughs> um, Not a permanent girlfriend, but then. I'm,
3: I'm looking for something that even I recognize. Okay, well, the name of the oh, horse is The Horse of a Different Color. What movie was that in?
4: That's an expression I've heard, but I'm, uh, that's a... Don't tell me there's a horse named that. <laughs>
3: It says, there is a horse named the horse of a different color.
4: So you're going to go out in the field and call him? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you. Yeah. Horse for short. Uh Uh-huh. I'm going to find another. There's another website that you should go to. (laughs) Make you as smart as Walden and I. (laughs) The horse? You're in. It's It's so vague. I'm walking through the house now with the cordless phone. If I drop out. I have either tripped or lost the signal.
3: According to this piece of information, hmm? the horse of a different color is from the Wizard of Oz. Oh. I don't remember that. Well, I don't think I've ever seen that movie all the way through.
1: I don't remember That's a horse me. in the movie.
4: Do you see it up to the point that it goes technicolor?
1: <laughs> I don't even remember.
4: I'm That's the first eight minutes, I think. It's in black and white.
3: Well, oh, maybe I did. Well, I remember when the house fell on the witch, so I guess I was I was in good shape there, huh? I think I've I, knit in pieces. I've just never knit all of the pieces together. All right, here's a horse, Oliver Hardy.
4: Oliver Hardy's was the name of a horse? Huh? Hmm. I don't know.
3: Oliver Hardy was reincarnated as a horse at the end of their movie, Flying... D- deuces. He came back as... Deuces. I never would have remembered that. It's a good movie, too. Yeah. Um, let's see what else. Ooh, well, Tony, you know. You already know Tony. Um, and Victor, you know. And Champion, you know. How would anybody know the movie The Adventures of Baron Munchausen? <laughs> this is, I mean, this, I'm not asking all the bad ones here. Horses in myths, let's see what else we've got here. Just horses and horses and horses. Horses in literature, my goodness, it just goes on forever. Is Stephen King literature?
4: Well, yeah. I,
1: I, I think pop a popular uh, way for him to make a dollar.
3: But, you know, I, I would consider him popular fiction, not uh-huh. necessarily literature. Um, horses in film we've already done. Horses in television. You want to go for horses and television?
4: Yes, let's try that.
3: Good night, nurse. I don't recognize any of these either. We took care of the saddle club. Um, of course we know Mr. Ed. A horse of course. A horse is a horse Of course. Okay,
1: of of course. course. And no one? <laughs> I don't know my limits' heaven that's about what I know.
3: No one can talk to a horse of course. Unless of course.
2: His name Ed. To
3: it Something horse. It's the famous Mr. Ed. Yep. I, I, I don't have that that center line in here. The Trojan Pony. Whatever is that? I don't was recognize the any of. Ruth.
4: Who was the voice of Mr. Ed?
3: Oh, it was. Um. Is it Dusty
1: Road?
4: No. Rocky. And
1: Rocky. Okay, I was close.
4: Rocky Lane.
1: Rocky Lane. <laughs> Rocky Road. <She> was close. <laughs> you close? Know, Too far,
3: Dusty Lane and Rocky Road.
4: Yeah, you're there. One's ice cream and (laughs) one.
3: Or Dusty Road and Rock. (laughs) That's right. Oh, the Tennessee Stud. This is in song.
4: Eddie Arnold song, big hit.
3: Eddie Arnold sang that. Yeah. This one says Jimmy Driftwood. Whoever Jimmy Driftwood is.
4: Well, that's another singer. I don't know who sold the most records. I was thinking it was Eddie Arnold. I know he recorded it, but it would, that's I've heard of him too.
3: That's cool by me. As long as you know what the horse is, the old gray mare. The old gray mare
1: ain't what she used to be. That was my prom date. Didn't I
3: <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you're funny. And then we've got Henry the horse again. Horses in toys. Okay. Have My Little Pony. Any babies had horses? Does Barbie? Have strawberry,
4: a- strawberry something. Strawberry? Was it strawberry something? The the, the horse you mentioned? Seems to me my my when Chrissy was young she had a little set and it had hmm. something reminded me of it. I don't know. I must be way off. I don't
3: know. Does Barbie have a horse? She's got everything else.
4: Who? Barbie. 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 She horsed around a lot, but I
3: don't. That's one of the lines I had last week was, if Barbie, is, if Barbie is so popular, how come you have to buy her friends? Oh, good? good point. Yeah, that's good. List of historical horses. You want fictional animals and historical horses. Let's see, historical horses. We Not hysterical, but historical.
4: Race horses.
1: I can do pretty well with that.
4: Walden's area.
1: Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh,
3: my man. Well, Citation, I recognize.
1: Yeah, Citation one the, the Triple Crown in
3: 1948. Um, best Mate. I do not know that. Well, often given the title, Greatest Steeplechaser, oh. since Arkle. A steeplechase, now that's
1: that's in England. That's in overseas. That's where they jump. They jump obstacles.
3: Yeah, that's. What I was just going to ask if it was um, a, a jumping. So it's that yeah. We're talking about. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, oh, I can't give a Northern Dancer.
1: Northern Dancer was the famous horse that uh, a lot of famous breeding uh, breeding line come from. And, and where was he? Where Where was this horse? Northern Dancer is considered uh, one of the big lines in North America. I don't remember exactly. Uh, Canada. It's Canada, yeah. Stuff. They always say North America, yeah. Uh,
3: Rachel Alexandria.
1: Yeah, famous female racehorse. It was in the last 10 years or so. No joke. Yeah. It
3: was silly,
1: or is it silly? Yeah, Philly. She beat the boys in the Kentucky Derby.
3: Oh, isn't that cute? Yes. She's a filly until she's a mama. Uh-huh. Okay, Seabiscuit.
1: Seabiscuit, famous racehorse of the 1938, was a famous movie, and Catherine Crosby, that's where her home's at in Northern California, is Seabiscuit, Seabiscuit Racing Stable in the back.
4: Are you listening, Nolan? Yes, I'm learning. Okay, from Catherine. I lived in Kentucky 25 years, and I only went to two derbies. <laughs>
1: That's more than what I've been to. But.
3: I don't know how many years in New York and never went to the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> okay, Stormcat.
1: Um, I think the modern-day racehorse of the last 10 years, so I don't know much about it.
3: It is a late 20th century. It's yeah. a, one of the great United States sires. Okay. I thought you had... No, I guess not. He was. He's a sire. Sire, yeah. Anything about racing.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, well, there's probably somebody out there just champing to get on here and discuss horses with you. <laughs> We're com- I'm in the way. We're coming up on 6 o'clock. not contributing anything at this point.
1: Oh, you're doing well. Oh. You're, 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 spark- you're sparking my brain to work.
3: You're, you're, yeah, you're contributing to my delinquency is what you're doing.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, okay, now military horses, and this, this includes all kinds of military and flavors.
4: Francis the talking mule.
1: I'm trying to think what's Robert E. Lee's horse's name.
3: Blueskin. Who owned Blueskin?
1: I do the not military. know. military. I do not know.
3: It was one of George Washington's horses. No
4: kidding.
1: Never
3: heard that name before.
4: Yeah, it used to be on TV.
1: <laughs> Hi ho, Washington.
4: We had to watch TV by candlelight. Electricity would not even. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Did you? Were you with me when? Or with us when I told the story about being in my doctor's office about a week and a half ago, and one of the people in there was talking about how much she was enjoying watching I Love Lucy, and she was just getting so wrapped up in the black and white shows, and she was on the you know the TV Land uh, shows that were being replayed. But she really loved I Love Lucy, and the black and white shows were really terrific. I said, well, Peggy, we've really got to get you into black and white radio, and she said, they have it. <laughs> So cute, and I know she recognized immediately what she had said, but it was, you know, just spontaneous. They have black and white radio.
4: Hey, you're getting, you're getting a little cynical yourself.
3: I'm, I'm, I'm learning from Nolan. <laughs> <laughs> I am no learning from Nolan. Okay, Magnolia.
1: Oh. Yes. Um. The, the name for me, I don't, I don't know where, I don't know where.
4: Scarlett O'Hara's uh, horse.
1: What?
4: Scarlett O'Hara. Yeah. Horse. <laughs> you did say Magnolia, oh, didn't you? Yeah. Oh no,
3: it wasn't Scarlett O'Hara's horse. <laughs> <laughs> it's another one of George Washington's horses.
2: Oh. Magnolia oh.
3: okay. and Blueskin. This was the leader of our country. hmm Good night, nurse. Wooden teeth too.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, Shadowless. Oh, never mind. I don't even know. I can't pronounce the last name. Um, Roger Leo. I do not know. One of George Washington's horses. <laughs> Old Nelson.
4: One of George Washington's horses. You got it. Hey! Hey! I'm going to go while I'm ahead.
3: Yeah, right. Uh, isn't this amazing how many horses he had and he couldn't find a decent name for any one of them?
4: Hmm. Good grief. He was- Cincinnati. We will talk to you guys soon and have a good rest of the weekend.
1: Joy horses and horse.
4: No, it was
3: it was a, I, I tricked you on this one. It was Ulysses Grant's horse. Oh. Uh, Joy Cincinnati. and Addie.
1: All right, Nolan. We'll talk to you soon.
4: Have a good one. You bet.
1: Thanks, Nolan. You have a great day.
4: Thank you. Bye-bye. Right.
1: There we go.
3: There we go. I've got all of this great stuff left over for next week. All right. And my phone is starting to chirp. I noticed that. Oh, can you hear it? Yep. Yeah. Oh, my. Okay.
1: I think you've done really well.
3: I think so, too. My goodness, we've been at this since 1030.
1: Yeah, seven and a half hours on your phone, straight phone. That's good.
3: That is very good. Yeah. My little baby here. I know. Um... So, I've got all of this great stuff left over. The the list, one more time, is ice cream, chocolate cake, apple pie, Jell-O, and cheesecake, in that order. The most popular desserts in the United States. I don't know how Jell-O made the list, but I can deal with it. You can do a lot of things with Jell-O, though.
1: J-E-L-L-O. Yep,
3: that is true. So, I think instead of playing a show...
1: Should we say goodnight? We just need to say goodnight to everybody. Alrighty. you want to, let's do that. Let's bring up Doris Day. There we go. And, go ahead Patricia. Have
3: a safe week. You will be here next week. Being with us.
1: Yep. We love you all very much. Thank you for staying up with us. Thank you to Claire Schultz for being with us as her first guest and all the callers. And Patricia and I will be with everybody next Saturday night. Well we'll try be awake. Good night, Patricia.
3: Good night, Walden. And
2: taking the moon away It's time to wind up The Masquerade. Just make your mind up The piper must be paid The party's over The candles flicker and dim You danced and dreamed through the night it seemed to be right just